And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of the World of Myth Bits podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Barty, and yeah, how y'all doing? So, tomorrow's my birthday, yay me, and Mother Nature has decided in her infinite wisdom to give me a wonderful birthday present. Now, as I'm sure you've all gleaned from past podcasts, I live in the Great White North. I live in Ontario, Canada, and I live in the upper part of southern Ontario, right on Georgian Bay. So we get a lot of lake effect snow. We get a lot of just plain old cold. And right now we've probably got about three to four feet of snow uh, we would have had a lot more, but this week has been crazy weather week, and we had a major blizzard that dumped about four feet of snow in four to four to five feet of snow. Well, maybe it was two to four feet of snow um, in less than 48 hours, and then two days later, it rained. <laughs> so um, a lot of that snow got washed away in the rain and then two days later we got dumped on again and it looks like tomorrow it is going to get really ugly now i'm looking at the map on instantweather.ca because you know i'm canadian so i have to look at the canadian map and it's color-coded. It's very pretty, too. There's pinks and blues and purples and reds. And for a change, we're not actually in the red zone. Now, pink is, you know, oh, you're just going to get some freezing rain risk. Maybe. You might. And that's, you're looking down like St. Catharines, which is along the, you know, St. Catharines, Tilsonburg, Leamington, Windsor, Chatham. Um, and that's where my past co-host Mike was from. Um, and that's all along the American border as well. So y'all are going to get some freezing rain down there. And then you have the beautiful turquoise blue zone, which is a little farther north, still in the south, but a little farther north. And they're going to get 10 to 25 centimeters, which is four to 10 inches of snow. And then you get the really pretty purple zone. And we are in the really pretty purple zone. And that is snow. 20 to 40 centimeters of snow, which is 8 to 16 inches. So there's 12 inches in a foot. So that's almost two feet. That's a foot and a half of snow. And I can guarantee you where we are, right on Georgian Bay, we're going to get the foot and a half, if not two feet of snow. And then you've got the red zone, which is up by Ottawa, um, 
Renfrew, Bancroft, all those places. And they're going to get 12 to 20 inches of snow or 30 to 50 centimeters. Now, that's not all. It's not just going to be a dumping of snow that she's going to give me for my birthday. Um, according to this, it says, it feels like lately we've been talking about a new winter storm almost weekly. And we have been. And the upcoming week is no exception. The models of this storm have been fairly consistent and agreement is strong between them. So we have good confidence that this storm will have a, will have big impacts on our entire region. Now we're talking from Leamington all the way up to, I can't pronounce the name of that little town. So we'll just stop at Sudbury in North Bay. So way up north. And very, it's going to come with very strong wind gusts combined with heavy snow and, wait for it, wait for it, ice pellets! And will create very dangerous traveling conditions between Tuesday, my birthday, and Wednesday, with many hours of what would easily meet the criteria for a blizzard. Yes, we are going to have a blizzard. Now, the criteria for a blizzard is 40 kilometer an hour sustained wind, and blowing snow. Well, when you live in a region that has snow lying around, willy-nilly, like we do, you get any wind over 20, and you have blowing snow. But the thing with this is it has to be a sustained wind for a long period of time. And we're going to have that. Yay. Now, we just had 90, mile, 90 kilometer an hour winds, which for you Americans, what is 90 kilometers in hours? And miles. Oh my goodness. It's late. I'm tired. And I want to get this done. Not because I don't mind doing it, but because I was busy procrastinating all morning and, and doing very well at it. If you follow me on Facebook, you'll see all the fantastic, and on Instagram, you'll see all the fantastic pictures that I posted of my cats and my dog. And then I spent all afternoon and a good part of the evening finishing up all the submissions for the February issue, um, issue 70 of the World of Myth magazine that you can find at www.theworldofmyth.com. And I'm trying to stay ahead of the submissions so that when it comes time to finish everything and get it ready to, you know, we're not sitting here, the, the publisher slash coder and I aren't sitting here on the 23rd at midnight going, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> so um, because I'm still new at this, this is only my second month at managing editor. I'm trying to implement a routine and implement things that I do every Sunday um, to stay on top of things so that I don't get overwhelmed, I don't get bogged down, and I don't miss somebody's submission or I don't um, miss giving them feedback or, you know, miss telling them, hey, you know, your story's in next month. And, and then it comes out and they go, hey, you didn't tell me my story was coming out this month. So I'm really trying to stay on top of that. So I, the system that I've devised is... The day the magazine comes out, I breathe a sigh of relief, I check everything over, 
I find out if I made any mistakes and then I go, hey, Dave, I, I, I made a mistake. Can you fix this, please? Um, and then I relax. And then I give the magazine two days, two or three days out there. And then I start posting for submissions for the next month because I have to be thinking ahead. I can't just, you know, oh, hey, that magazine's out. Let's sit back for two or three weeks and, oh, shit, we have another magazine we have to put out. So I start headhunting, I guess. I start posting, you know, get your submissions in. And um, the response this month was absolutely incredible. Um I can tell you, as of right now, we are going to have a great issue um, for issue 70 with some really good stuff. And um, yeah, so very cool. And congratulations to Mark Kodama and part one of Land of the Pharaohs for winning the member of the month. He had an incredible amount of votes. He had some really good comments. Um, I mean, some people had issue with his choice of word, but it created a conversation. And for me to see that strong of a reaction to that word shows me just how far we have come as a society and as a people that a hundred years ago, hell, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that word could be said and people wouldn't bat an eyelash. And now you read that word in a story and it evokes an emotional response. Well done, Mark. Well done. Um, the story is incredible in itself. And... I really enjoyed reading part one, and I know you're all going to really enjoy reading part two. Um, so you'll have to look for that in issue 70. But congratulations, Mark. Good job. And uh, yeah, so it's been a good week. Been a busy week. Because we are now five days away from submission deadline. And I've gotten all the submissions that I've had in so far, and there's been quite a few. And it's not just stories that I've gotten. I've gotten short stories for a multitude of genres. I've gotten poetry. I've gotten artwork. And it's just been a thrill, let me tell you. I'm still loving this job. I really, really am. And I hope in four or five months that I'm still saying I love this job. I probably will because it involves writing. It involves being part of writing. And I'm a writer. I'm an author. So to be, excuse me, you'll have to, you'll have to bear with me. I had a, a lovely pork roast dinner tonight and it's deciding to um, make an appearance. <laughs> well, not an appearance, but a repeat performance in a gaseous form. Um, yeah, so I'm really enjoying this job. I'm really enjoying getting to read all the submissions and 
talking to that tentative author who's not quite sure, should they submit their work? Will their work fit? And then having them submit and going in completely unbiased and completely blind as to what they've sent me. And then to read what they've written and think, and you were afraid to send this in. This is good. This shows potential and, and you're going to grow and this is good. And to tell that person, yes, your submission is going in next month. And okay, I do have to admit, and this might sound slightly selfish and I hope it doesn't. But I get such a thrill when I email somebody and say, yes, you know, your submission has been accepted to the world of myth. Congratulations. And they email me back and say, I am so thrilled. I'm so ecstatic. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm, thank you so much. That gives me such a thrill because I remember being that author. And for me, it wasn't that long ago. It was. eight months ago, when I finally summed up the courage to send in a story um, and had that email that said, thank you very much for your submission. And as soon as you read, thank you very much for your submission, your heart drops. It just, it does. Because the rejection letters start out the same way. So I try and change it. Um, but yeah, when, when you get that email that says, thank you for your submission, I am pleased to inform you that your story, your poetry, your piece of artwork, whatever, will be appearing in our online magazine. I cried. I did. I cried. I will admit I cried. Yes, I have a heart. I cried. It was such a thrill. And it's still a thrill now when I get... um because even my stuff, I mean, even though I'm the managing editor, when I submit my stuff, it goes through the publisher. So he has final say on whether my stuff makes it in. Um, so I don't even, I don't get a break just because I'm managing editor. <laughs> so when I get a, yeah, that's good. Yep. I mean, I've had times where it's come back and, okay, you know what? You need to rework this or... Well, what about this? Or where are you going with this? Um, and the funny thing is, is this story started out as a one-off. Started out as the Huntress. And then I started something totally new. And then somewhere along the lines, that story just kept growing. That second story just kept growing. And I got to a point where the Huntress was kind of standing behind me as I was finishing up the one going, excuse me. Um, I can take it from here. You need to bring me in on this one. And then those two worlds collided. So the one I'm writing now basically starts at the Huntress. I don't think I know how to write a one-off short story. I really don't. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so I was finding out what 90 kilometers an hour in miles was. So you'd know how fast that wind was if you're American. That's 55 miles an hour. 90 kilometers is 55 miles. So that's pretty damn quick. 
pretty damn quick. So yeah, I'm excited about this month's magazine. Mind you, I was excited about last month's too. And I mean, I, I've been excited about every month that I've been involved in submitting, but not as excited to the point where, like, I was excited for my stuff to come out because I didn't see any other stuff. So I was excited for my stuff to come out. And now that I'm on this side of the magazine and I'm seeing the submissions and I'm reading the stuff, especially when we get stories that are one, two or three parts and we post a part every month, um, I get really excited because I've read the entire story. So I know what's coming next month. And I know what's coming the month after. And I get really excited about that. It's like, yes, okay. You thought this part was good. Wait till this part comes out. So, and we have a few stories, um, in issue 70. Uh, Matt Wall's Satanicus is wrapping up. His part two is in there. And Walter G. Esselman, his final part to Mystery of the Black Nail is in there. And then we have part two of Land of the Pharaohs from Mark Kodama in there. And I think there's going to be a surprise part two for you. I'm not going to say anything more than that. You'll just have to go to www.theworldofmyth.com on February 24th and find out. So it's going to be really good. Really good. And then there's a few in issue 70 that are starting part ones that are starting. So yeah. And we have quite a few new writers joining us this month that will have stuff continuing over the next few months. And it's, uh, it's going to be a good deal. It's going to be a good deal. This is a great job. I love this. I really do. I love this job. And, uh, okay, Ugh, brain fart. <laughs> um, I just realized that I have no water. So for this podcast, you guys are coming on a walk with me. I walk into my kitchen. Yep, you get to roam around my house because that is the joys of technology. You can do these things. And you can hear the water running and I'm filling up my glass. Because you really don't want me to get pasty mouth 20 minutes into the podcast. Because then I'll be talking like this because my tongue will be stuck to the roof of my mouth. And it will just be bad. It will be bad, bad, bad. Okay. I'm all done now. I have my water. And it's now dripping down my chin because I tried to drink it while walking. And apparently I can't do that. I'm just not that coordinated. I cannot podcast and drink water at the same time and walk. Beyond my multitasking skills at this point. So. So yeah, it's going to be an ugly week for weather. But. Now we'll see how it goes. I'm not looking forward to, I I wasn't looking forward to my birthday. I don't like getting older. I mean, I still think I'm in my twenties in my head. And unfortunately my birth certificate says not. So does the fact that I have a 27 year old son. Um, yeah, so I'm not in my twenties. I can't even pretend I'm in my mid thirties. 
nope, nope. I am turning 47. And I know I can hear some of you out there. Oh, you're just a baby. But do you remember when you turned 47? It's, it's hard because you're that much closer to 50. And I don't feel 47. I don't feel like I'm in my 40s. Although I am a bit immature. <laughs> I don't feel... Okay, physically some days I feel like I'm in my 90s. But I don't feel old. And I remember thinking when I was a kid. I remember when my parents hit their 40s. And I would think, oh my God, you guys are old. You're old folks. And now I'm sitting here and my 18 year old daughter's looking at me going, you're old, mom. What do you know? You're old. No, no, I'm not old. I can still relate. I still get it. But no, yeah, I have become that generation that people feel is old and I don't like it. And I don't want to accept it. But I did get, um, because my husband is working midnights this week, so the odds of seeing him for any length of time or having any sort of celebratory birthday dinner on Tuesday is non-existent. We decided, well, my daughter and my husband decided on Saturday because I was having a really bad day. I'd had no sleep Friday night because I have two psychotic cats that apparently, when the lights go out, decide they don't like each other. And they will fight. And they usually will fight under my bed. They will meow and they will hiss and they will carry on. And then they will be screaming because one of them is part Siamese. And it's just awful. And there's hissing going on right now. You might be able to hear that in the background. So I'm going to throw something at the other cat in the hopes that he'll go away. I missed him. I didn't hit him. I just threw something small and light. Now we're going to throw my earmuffs at him. There we go. Go. Get. Go on. Shoo. My poor dog, he doesn't know where to go because once conflict breaks out, he's gone. He's hiding. And I have a 14-year-old cat who's an outside cat. And he usually referees. When they start going, he usually, if he's in the house, he'll get up and he'll go over there and he'll start yelling at the two of them. And he'll break it up. But this is a 14-year-old outside cat in a small town that is surrounded by forest. So he's taken on raccoons. Uh, he's never come home smelling like a skunk. So I can honestly say I don't think he's ever taken on a skunk. But he's taken on dogs, raccoons, whatever else he can find out there. Because he's come home with some battle scars that we've had to mend up. But anyway, I got no sleep Friday night. And I had to work Saturday morning. I had to be into work for 10. At 7.30 Saturday morning, I was bawling hysterically on my bed. You know when you get to that point when you're so tired that you just lose all control of any emotion that you may have, and you're just weeping. I was at that point. The cats were meowing, and they were scrapping, and all I wanted to do was sleep. And I noticed that the sun was coming up, and it was getting lighter. And I knew I had to be up at 8 o'clock in order to be caffeinated and sociable enough to leave the house to be at work for 10. 
So I looked at my phone to see what time it was, and it was 7.15. And I knew that even if I dropped off to sleep that very second, I would only get, at best, 45 to 50 minutes of sleep. I cannot function on 45 to 50 minutes of sleep. So what I decided to do was ball hysterically into my blanket for about 20 minutes. Then I sucked it up, laid down, and stared at the ceiling. And realized, now you have a headache, dumbass. So, not only was I starting my day with no sleep and grumpy, I now had a headache from crying. And my face was puffy. So I get up, the alarm goes off at 8. I haul my tired ass out of bed, growl at my cats, and... uh forcefully helped one down the hallway that happened to be standing in front of me in my way. I didn't help him hard. I just, he kind of was sitting on my foot as I was walking. So he got moved down the hallway, came downstairs, got my first cup of coffee. And I pretty much inhaled that. Gone. Like before I even had taken three steps from the coffee pot. Gone. Turn around, poured a second cup of coffee. Went to take a drink and spilled it all over me. All down the front of my pajamas. So I'm thinking, yep, this is going to be an awesome day. Awesome. So I decided, all right, time to get dressed. So I get dressed and it's like 8.30. Now I only live a few blocks in a small town, mind you, a few blocks from where I work. So it takes me about three minutes to drive without stoplights or traffic. Six minutes if there's stoplights in traffic. I mean, how much traffic could there possibly be in a town of 1,700 people on a Saturday? Most of them are at the ski hills or tobogganing or, you know, sitting at home enjoying their coffee and not wearing it. So I'm sitting here fully dressed, ready for work, going, well, shit, now what do I do? I didn't want to get on Facebook because I had a headache and I didn't want to look at the screen. So I sat here, staring at my TV. It was turned off, so I'm staring at the blank screen. My husband is kind of tiptoeing past me. And my daughter, who the two feuding cats happen to belong to, is avoiding me altogether. She won't even come within my line of sight. Because mommy's not in a good mood. And when mommy's not in a good mood, everybody dies. Death ensues. It is ugly. Especially when mommy is in a bad mood because mommy is very tired. So finally it comes time to start getting my boots on, my coat on, and because I have to go out and clean the car off because it snowed. And it, what takes six minutes to get to work, I could conceivably leave here at quarter to ten and be at work in plenty of time to still lollygang around before I have to turn the open sign on. But, because I live where I live, no, I have to go out the door at 9.30 because it takes a good 10 to 15 minutes to clean the car off. Plus, you have to factor in putting on your winter boots, tying them up, putting your coat on, zipping it up, making sure you've got your mittens, and making sure I have my lunch for the day, and then I go to fill up my to-go cup, 
with coffee for work because I know I'm going to need coffee and I can't find it. And I look everywhere. I tear my bag apart. I'm looking through the dishwasher thinking, oh my God, my idiot husband put it in the dishwasher after I've told him not to. And I say idiot husband with all the love in my heart because I told him not to put the water bottles that we got from the dollar store into the dishwasher. And now our water bottles look like they've been on a diet. They've all shrunken in and they're skinny and and hold maybe three ounces of water. Not in the dishwasher, not in the sink, not in the cupboard. And then it dawns on me. I left it on my desk at work. I forgot to grab it as I was heading out the door. Damn it. Okay, fine. Go out and clean the car off. Get the car started. Turn the seat warmer on because I want a hot bum when I get to work. Off I go. Grumble, grumble, grumble. I'm on autopilot by this point. So I just drive straight to work. Now, Tim Hortons, for you Americans, that is like Starbucks. It's a coffee shop. And it's just one street over. So I can see the Tim Hortons from the shop. And I pull into my parking spot at work and I look up and I go, Ah, oh, shit. I wanted to go to the Tim Hortons and get a coffee. Because I didn't have my coffee from home. And I'm contemplating, okay, it's quarter two. Do I have enough time to drive over there, go through the drive-thru, get a coffee? Because the inside, the lineup is always packed. So I look at the line, at the drive-thru, and it's a two-lane drive-thru. And both lanes are full. No. Okay. Well, the boss usually has coffee inside. So I'll just go in and I'll make a coffee in the Keurig. Not a problem. In I go, do to do to do to do to do, unlock the store, turn everything on, start everything up, turn all the lights on, turn the heat up, and go into the kitchen to make a coffee. Well, the box is there. Inside the box is two packets of hot chocolate and a box of tea. There's no coffee. Okay, fine. I'll make tea. Now, we don't have milk at the store, because we're not that kind of store. But there's coffee, mate. Okay, fine. Now, I don't put sugar in my tea, so coffee, mate, was just fine. I was not looking forward. I know my boss doesn't put sugar in her tea either, so there isn't sugar at the store. So I was not looking forward to drinking a coffee without sugar. But I was willing to suck it up for the cause. So I was okay with a tea. It's not coffee, but it's caffeinated. And I don't need sugar for tea, so I'm good. So I put my coffee made in. Not really great in tea, but, you know, it'll do in a pinch. Stir it all up, put the lid on, out I go to the front. So I'm signing in the computer, and I'm checking the emails, and I'm checking the phone messages, and, you know, pulling up my Caribbean music, because that's what we play at the front of the store. Kind of makes it feel festive. And not thinking in my adult state of lack of sleep, I grab my cup, and I take a big swig and suddenly realize my tongue is on fire. This is hot water tea out of the Keurig, straight out of the Keurig. Coffee Mate does not cool liquid. It's a powder. It's not like cold milk from the fridge. Yeah. So burnt my tongue and the inside of my lip. I hurt a lot. I was not happy. 
and it's still, it's still <laughs> a little tender. My taste buds are not happy with me. So, yeah, I'm thinking, really, this day could not get much worse. And then I promptly took that back because I know when you say things like that and you put that out into the universe, things can and will get much worse. So I promptly took that back and did all the, you know, get away, get away, get away that I could, I could do. And I went about my morning Saturday chores, you know, Saturday is usually a fairly quiet day at the shop. And that's when we get all the weekly cleaning done, you know, the vacuuming, the sweeping, the dusting, all of that kind of stuff. You check expiration dates on labels and um, move things around that need to be used up soon or take things off the shelf that have expired. You'd be amazed at things, how quickly some things can expire. And I go to the back of the shop to start getting the recycling together because it goes out on Mondays and we gather up all the garbage and recycling on Saturday and get it all ready. So Monday we just have to put it out and I'm back there and the phone rings which means I now have to run to the front of the store to answer the phone. And I'm thinking, I'm really not in the right place to talk to anybody. So I'm trying to work up my professional, cheery, let's do this. It would be great to make a sale today, but I really don't want to do a delivery today. But I will, because it's my job. It's what I'm paid to do. And I will do it with a smile. And I'm trying to work all of this up in my head. To, to answer this phone. So I answer the phone in my usual, you know, good morning. This is oh, blank because I can't say the place where I work. I mean, I could. You just look at my profile. It says I work at bananabaskets.com. And I, I don't say anything bad about where I work because I really love where I work. So, you know... Hello, bananabaskets.com. This is Stephanie speaking. How may I help you? Best professional voice. And it's this lady on the phone. And she says, oh, I'm so glad you're there. Okay, so this is an emergency basket, I'm thinking. And she says, I was in last week and I bought your book, Eternally Bound. Trying to think back because I've sold a couple of books from the shop. Because my boss is really, really cool. She lets me keep one of my books on the shop. And if somebody buys it, great. I get to, I get the money and it's all awesome. Um, and she's really supportive of it as well. So I'm trying to think back and think back. And she says, you know, I was just in and this is my name. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yes. Yes. I remember you. And she says, I just wanted to tell you, I was in the hospital yesterday. I started your book. And I couldn't put it down. Okay, great. That's, that's awesome. She says, I got into the first two chapters and it sucked me right in. And I read it cover to cover. And she works for one of the universities, or she used to work for one of the universities in the province and she's retired now. And she told me that she's going to try and use her contacts to see if she can't get it into the university bookstore because she feels that it's going to be a bestseller. And 
I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. I'm just telling you what she said. And it's not very often as a writer, you get to hear a complete stranger's opinion and feelings on your book that you've put out there. Because strangers buy it, they read it. If they like it, they tell their friends. They don't go on Amazon and leave reviews unless, you know, you beg them to. They don't post on Facebook. Hey, so-and-so loved your book. Your friends and your family do that. And you kind of expect it from your friends and your family um, to be supportive. But to hear it from a complete stranger about how much she enjoyed my book and how much she got into the story and got into the characters and it just took her on this journey. And that was just, and I'm thinking the whole time going, yes, that was, yes, yes, she got it. She understood what I was writing and, and understood the flow of the story. And, and because the first, one of the first publishers I'd sent out to, they sent me a rejection letter. Now they were a really good publisher because they sent back a rejection letter with suggestions on how to improve it and an offer to resubmit. And they said they had a really hard time with what they called head hopping. Because I have quite a few main characters in my book. And you go from their heads and you bounce from head to head. But you always know whose head you're in. And so I asked my beta readers, did you have a problem figuring out whose head you were in and, and what was going on and, and where you were in the story? And they're like, no, no, we didn't have a problem. If you were in Thomas's head, we knew you were in Thomas's head. If you were in Tristan's head, if you were in Gwen's head or Lance's head, and let me tell you, writing from those many perspectives, writer is really just a nice word for multiple personality disorder. Because I had to be every single one of those characters as I was writing from that character's point of view. Anyway, so when I got that first rejection letter, I was, I was thinking, okay, well, should I go back and take their suggestions and work it so that, you know, there's a break and it identifies that you're switching to a different character and, and put in whatever it is that she had suggested that I put in and, and make all these changes. And my mom, who is my biggest supporter said, no, leave it, send it out again. And I did. And I got rejected again. But I was told, I'm sorry, we're not looking for stuff like that at this time. Okay, fine. And I got rejected again. And I got rejected again. And the more I got rejected, the more I started to believe in the story. And and believe in the way it was. And I know that sounds really weird. And I knew that all of these people that had read it, these beta readers from different demographics, different age groups, different genre types for their reading likes, and they all enjoyed it, that somebody out there will read it and go, yeah, and somebody did. And now it's out there. And you can, yes, I'm plugging my book right now. <laughs> you can get it on amazon.com if you put in Stephanie J. Barty, 
or you put in Eternally Bound. I think it's the only one that does not have vampires or werewolves. And the cover is a beautiful hand-drawn face of one of the characters. It's just incredible. And you can find it on Amazon.com. If you're in Canada, you can find it on Amazon.ca. It's also on Barnes & Noble. And I'm not sure if it's on Indigo, which is Canadian. So I'm just checking. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I actually owe it all to the World of Myth magazine. Um, I started as a short story author and now I have a book published. And it's out there. And it's doing things. It's selling. And it's, it's creating, um, it's evoking a feeling and it's, people are liking it. And that, to me, is just a great thing. It's, it's a feeling of achievement as an author. It really is. I don't see it on Indigo. But I'm searching for my name. Um. Anyway, it's on Amazon.ca and .com. And if you're local, it's at Georgian Bay Books downtown. Or come find me. I'll sell you one. You can also get it in Kindle format. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, um, you can get the Kindle format for free. And yes, I was checking out my Amazon Prime account. I have one. And I've never actually utilized the Prime video feature. And I keep getting these emails from them saying, you haven't explored all the things that your Prime account can do. And there's music and there's videos. And so I got on there. And I saw Good Omens and got all excited. Oh my god! I've been waiting for this forever! And I'm thinking, yay! It's the first season of Good Omens! And it was just two one-minute teasers. Because it's not being released on AmazonPrime.ca until spring of 2019. So I have to wait! <laughs> I'm not happy. Now, if you don't know what Good Omens is, it's a TV. Um, I think it's made for Amazon. And then it'll be broadcast on BBC Two after it is released on um, Amazon Video. And I think it's going to release on .com first. But... It's a book um, written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman (laughs) called Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter Witch. And it was written in 1991. And they have now made it into a miniseries. And I've been waiting. And now that I've seen these two trailers, it's killing me. 
because now I have to wait even longer. <laughs> and it's like, well, why? What are you doing this to me? But I guess when they mean spring, it could be March. It could be April. Spring here in Midland on the calendar is March 21st. When it actually arrives is May, maybe. I mean, I've seen snow on the May long weekend. We have what we call the May 2-4. And it's the May 24th weekend. It's Victoria's birthday. It's Victoria Day. And we get a long weekend. And everybody calls it the May 2-4 because it always falls somewhere on or around the May 24th. And when you're a young 20-something or a teenager or whatever, May 2-4 means you're going to the beer store and you're getting a case of 24. And it's May 2-4. But anyway. So yeah, that's... I was I was gravely disappointed. So then I decided to check out the movies. And I watched a not-so-stellar movie. I'm thinking, this is very reminiscent of some of the things that I've watched on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And it, the thing is, is it had a, a not-bad cast. Dee Wallace was in it. Nisha Barton was in it. So it had the potential to be a really good movie. And it was just, and it had a really good storyline. It was just lacking. But I watched it anyway because I was busy working on the magazine. So I just kind of needed background noise. And then I ended up watching um, a Queen documentary, which distracted me from the magazine for a while because I'm a huge Queen fan. I recently watched Bohemian Rhapsody and um, rekindled my love for Freddie Mercury and all things Queen. Huge, huge Queen fan. Love them. Have always loved them. I remember being a kid in the 80s and their songs hitting the radio and going, oh, wow, this is very cool. And I was an 80s chick, so I was into Duran Duran, I was into Corey Hart, I was into Gowan, um, and all of those kinds of music. I wasn't really into a lot of alternative music. I wasn't into heavy metal music, not a lot of it. I mean, I would go Def Leppard and, and some Motley Crue, but that was about as heavy metal as I would go. Um... Yeah, and then end up marrying somebody who's a huge Metallica fan. Go figure. So when Queen came out, it kind of joined that 80s with that heavy metal. And we could find common ground and go, yeah, Queen, okay, now we got something to talk about. Now we can sit at a party and you throw on some Queen and we got a party because everybody's having fun. You don't have the preppy chicks sitting in the corner going, Oh, I can't get into this. It's just, it's too loud. And I just, I really, I really don't understand. I can't understand what he's saying because he's like screaming or, you know, you put Corey Hart on or you put on Brian Adams or you put on, um, Duran Duran. Pet Shop Boys, New Order, anything like that. And then you've got all the heavy metal chicks on the other side of the room going, I'm going to beat somebody. 
they don't change this music, somebody's going to die. Now, you see, I had friends in both groups, so when I say that this is what was going on, I can say this with all honesty, this was what was going on. <laughs> um, but Queen kind of brought us all together. And we could sing Bohemian Rhapsody, and we could sing Radio Gaga, and we could sing Killer Queen, and they would be singing right along with us. And, yeah, it was good. Then Zeppelin came out. And that was, I think they were kind of out at the same time. Or maybe a bit before. I don't know, the 80s were, I was really young in the 80s. I was born in 72, so. A little young in the 80s. Early 80s. But, yeah, so. That's been my week so far. And I have told you about my upcoming week. Which isn't going to be much better. Weather-wise, anyway. Oh, and I got, we, Saturday, we decided, because of the really bad day, we were going to, they were going to celebrate my birthday whether I wanted to do it or not. Uh, okay, fine. And we've been arguing for the last couple of weeks about my birthday present. I told them they don't need to get me a present. Just, you know, let's have a nice dinner, get me some cheesecake. Ooh, I still have cheesecake. Yeah. Anyway, get me some cheesecake. We'll have a nice dinner call it a day. Don't need to get me a present. We don't really have the money for it. And it's not a big deal. So they're going, no, 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 no. We're getting you this gift. It's, it's, we've been planning this since before Christmas. Okay, fine. And then my husband tells me how much he's going to need to buy this gift. And I'm like, are you out of your flipping mind? No, 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 no. You're not spending that much money on a birthday present for me. No, no. We have bills we have to pay groceries there are other places this money can go and he's like tough too bad you deserve it okay fine it's not very often that my husband puts his foot down um especially when it comes to frivolous things because we are not a rich family we struggle for what we have but we are grateful for what we have and we are happy with what we have and it's not not very often do we buy frivolous items or gifts for each other or anything like that. And I kind of went overboard at Christmas and bought him a brand new dehydrator, which he absolutely loves and has put to good use. And I benefit from it, but we don't normally go overboard. So I got outvoted on this. So I come home Saturday from work and I mean, I haven't even left the shop and I'm getting messages from the two of them. Are you on your way? When are you coming home? How come it's taking you so long? Well, I walked around the corner to the bookstore to see how my sales were going at the bookstore. And then I was coming home and they're driving me nuts. When are you getting here? So they're a little excited about something. So I get home and I, I notice that there's a bag and some cards sitting on my laptop. So I thought, you know, I'm grumpy. So I'm going to drag this out and drive them crazy because I can. I go in the kitchen and I take my coat off and I say hi to the dog and I feed the cats. And then I come in and I sit down and I go to open the bag and my daughter promptly takes it away from me. She says, no, you have to open the cards first. Okay, fine. So I open the cards first. 
and I read the cards and oh they're so lovely and thank you very much and oh honey that's very sweet and then they hand me the bag and of course it's tied with that curly ribbon because it's a bag from a jewelry store I'm thinking oh they got me a charm for the chain that they bought me at Christmas great awesome although it's a very thin chain so I'm a little worried about anything too heavy so I'm, I'm, I'm untying this curling ribbon a piece at a time. And my daughter is pretty much exploding on the couch beside me. She's so excited about me opening this and I'm dragging it out. So I finally, I take the box out and I open it up and I promptly burst into tears. What they had got me is a new necklace. Now, my dad was a fireman. And for the first few years when we lived in another town, his helmet number was number 11. And then when we moved to Midland, his helmet number was number five. And it had been five his entire career after that. And throughout his entire career, um, every so often, helmets have to be replaced. They have to replace and get a new helmet. So when he died, it ended up that there were four helmets that were his and one was the number 11 which I got because technically he was my stepdad um, but for all intents and purposes he was my dad and when we became a family before my brother and sister were born his helmet number was number 11 so they gave me that helmet the other three were number five one my mom got one my sister got one my brother got now, the five has always, since he's died, five has always seemed to show up everywhere. His first great-grandchild, my first grandchild, was born five days after the anniversary of his death. Um, there's numerous other examples of five. But anyway, five has always been a big number in our family since he's died. And so... I open the box and it's the fireman's crest. Now the fireman's crest is kind of universal. You see it, you know that, oh, that's the fireman's crest. That's the fireman's symbol. It's fireman's crest. And on the front of it, they have engraved MFD, which means Midland Fire Department 05, his helmet number. And on the back are his initials engraved. And... My brother has a tattoo in memory of my dad and my sister, I think, either has one or is getting one in memory of my dad. And I had considered getting a tattoo in honor of my dad. Um, but tattoos scare the hell out of me. I'm not big on pain. So they saw this when they went and bought my chain at Christmas time. And they saw this and they went, yep, birthday's coming. So... They bought it for me so that I would have something to wear and have something with me always to, in honor of my dad. And I don't know if I've told them enough how much this means to me, how much it meant that they did that for me, um, my husband and my daughter are pretty great. And then my husband made his famous homemade shrimp and scallop Alfredo. 
And he doesn't use the packaged Alfredo sauce. He makes the Alfredo sauce using wine and, you know, the way you're supposed to make it. Oh, it takes forever, but oh my God, it is so good. I had two bowls. I will not lie. I am not ashamed. I had two bowls because I don't get that, but once a year. And cheesecake for dessert. (laughs) So it was a good birthday. Yeah. I had a good birthday, early birthday celebration. So Tuesday I'll come and I will turn a year older and it'll be a good day. I'm sure it'll be a good day. But I uh, had my birthday celebration with my family on, with my husband and my daughter, my family on, uh, on Saturday. And that along with the phone call at work totally changed my mood for the day. So it was a good day. So yeah, anyway, oh geez, here we are sitting at 56 minutes again. All right, so I'm going to close this podcast out because it seems to that I just get yapping away and fill up like an hour. <laughs> so you have, there's five days left for submissions for the um, World of Myth magazine. Now I can't guarantee if you send something in between now and the 15th that is going to make the February issue. Um, if it's accepted, it may end up in the March issue because we have had such a influx of submissions. But if it's accepted, I can guarantee you, if I email you and say your work has been accepted, it will appear in an upcoming issue. I promise you that. Um, unless of course the publisher overrules my acceptance and goes, mm, no, I don't think so. What is wrong with you? You idiot. <laughs> because he does have final say, but anyway, I digress. So yeah, check out www.theworldofmyth.com. And if you're interested in submitting, check out our submission guidelines. Um, again, big thing. If you want something italicized, underline it for me, please. Makes it so much easier. Yes, I do read through your stories, but as I said in the last podcast, if I get sucked in, I may miss a word that is in italics and it's not going to be in italics when it hits the magazine because I have to put special coding brackets around it for the publisher when he's doing the coding so that he knows to write the coding for the italicized word. Underline, underline, underline. I can't stress that enough. And when you send a submission in, please, when you send your bio in, send us a picture. I'd like to see, like a face to go with, with the bio. So check out www.theworldofmyth.com. If you want to follow us on Facebook, we are The World of Myth Magazine. On Twitter, you can follow us at the World of Myth magazine, and you can follow this podcast. That's TWMBP. So come check us out, see what we got going on. If you want to submit something to the magazine, go to www.theworldofmyth.com and go to our submissions link. You'll see it across the top of the page and shoot me an email, or you can just send it directly to S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-B as in Bob, A-R-D as in dog, Y at theworldofmyth.com. 
And that is it for this episode of the World of Myth Bits. Have a good night. See ya. The World of Myth Bits.